This is the Passive Real Estate Podcast, the premier podcast for passive real estate investors. Matt Jones interviews experienced passive investors who share their industry secrets and active investors who show you different ways to invest passively. Welcome back. I'm Matt Jones. And today on the Passive Real Estate Podcast, I welcome Joe Vang. Joe has been actively investing in real estate, uh, ranging from multifamily to short-term rentals since 2003, and has invested in over 50 uh, commercial real estate syndications across the various food groups since 2017, including six deals with Break of Day Capital before joining the team in November of 2022. Prior to focusing on real estate full-time, he worked in investment management business, including five years at a hedge fund in New York and seven years with a large institutional fund manager in Los Angeles. He loves conversing with all types of investors and has deep interests in macro, real estate, alternative investments, and health. Welcome, Joe. It's great to have you on the show here. Thank you, Matt. That was a great introduction. Uh, if I may just add a little more. Yeah, sure. um, I these days, uh, I am a full-time uh investor, um, primarily focus in affordable workforce housing and in particular multifamily syndications. But I love all types of investing. Um, I, I, I bit the investment bug very early on in life. Um, in fact, I, I went to college uh, thinking I was going to major in the, in, in the life sciences. But my junior year, uh, I was able to buy my first stock in my dad's account of, of, of all places. And, and just uh, watching money, uh, making money just in, in between going to classes that I just, I got hooked. Yep. Having money work for you is the best kind of money in the world. Absolutely. So how did you get started with real estate investing? Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I uh, just a little bit, a uh, little bit more about my professional background. Um, uh, since I mentioned my passion for investing, um, you know, the natural place is, is to go into the publicly, the pub, uh, public equities. And so, uh, you know, I was working in New York uh, for several years, um, uh, going to grad school and uh, working at a hedge fund. Um, you know, I, I guess uh, just, uh, you know, walking in the streets of New York City, you see all the tall buildings around you. And, you know, you start to wonder, like, maybe there maybe real estate is something that you ought to have. And so um, when I uh, returned back home to Los Angeles, um, uh, the first thing I said to my parents I was like, "We got, we have to get into real estate, you know." And 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 it wasn't just real estate, uh, uh, you know, specifically, but just in addition to our stock portfolio. And so, when I returned home, uh, we working with an agent, uh, we we had a choice between buying a REO from a bank. Uh, this was in uh, early two thousand. Uh, let's call it twenty twenty two, twenty twenty. I'm sorry, two thousand two, two thousand three. Um, we were uh, looking up, deciding between an REO from a bank uh, or a nine-unit apartment building. And again, you know, not being sophisticated about real estate at all at the time, I just intuitively thought, oh, maybe nine units better to have than a than a, than a single unit. Well, smart thinking. So, is that uh, what your first deal was? The nine unit? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a uh, a nine-unit small apartment building. Uh, uh, what was interesting was. Um, uh, that deal sat around for quite a while, and um, it was because uh, the seller forced you to have financing, or I should say uh, it came with seller financing was mandatory. And I think that was probably annoying for some buyers, but it actually turned out to be great for us because I don't think we would have been able to qualify. Or we, we, I don't think we would have had the liquidity or the net worth to qualify for that apartment building anyway, so it actually worked out. Yep. And, and, you know, it's weird how things change with the market and such. Like now seller financing is actually pretty attractive uh, when you can get it. 
And then, right. yeah. um, so now are you, do you still have the nine unit or did you sell it? Yeah. So we, um, so yeah, we, we've had it since 2003, uh, and then, you know, held it through the, uh, the great financial, uh, great financial crisis. And we should talk about that maybe, uh, uh, later in the podcast, but, um, and ultimately we, uh, sold it, uh, in, I want to, I think it was 2014, but we actually did a 1031 exchange into more units. And nice. so, uh, yeah, so we ended up, uh, getting, uh, ended up with a 14 unit, uh, apartment building. Nice. And so now are you primarily passive or kind of, you know, passive and active? Yeah, that's a great question. So we still have a portfolio of uh, single family and multifamily that we uh, own and manage. Um, but over the years, uh, you know, when, when we discover the world of syndications and just, you know, learning about the sophistication involved and um, being able to leverage, you know, professionals in, in different geographic regions in different asset types, uh, you know, that's, that's really our, uh, our primary focus is today is to grow our real estate portfolio through passive investing. Nice. Nice. Um, and then what do you do with a uh, break of day? Oh, good question. Um, so, uh, break of day, um, Gary Lipsky is one of my favorite operators. Um, I've known him for several years and been investing with them, uh, very successfully. And so, uh, when an opportunity came up, uh, 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 he had an open position for director of investor relations. Uh, I jumped at the chance and, uh, got the role and, um, my job really is to, uh, continue the investor education process. Um, uh, you know, the, the syndication might be something that you and I, Matt, you know, we, we might know this stuff really well, but there's still a lot of people out there that do, that are not aware that this is a, 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 a great investment tool. My job is to help educate investors um, how they can use multifamily syndications as part of their to building out their portfolio and, you know, building long-term wealth. Um, and also just to, you know, keep our investors updated on all the things that, that go on in, in the business, you know, day-to-day, -day, um, communicating, you know, effectively and in, in a timely fashion, making sure uh, that they're aware that their capital is being well taken care of. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about not everybody knows about syndication. Like I, I was an investor for years before I had even, you know, come across the term and the idea and it just uh, well, you know, blew my mind like, whoa, you can go in with other people on large multifamily deals or other kinds of deals that you couldn't on your own necessarily. It's a, a brilliant uh, sort of play. And yeah. what, what kind of deals are you focused on right now? Um, so our company... Uh... We, we're, 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 I would consider also ourselves a niche expert, meaning that we focus only uh, on a particular asset type and particular investment strategy and in and, and just a couple markets. So what that is, is we're doing the class BNC value add. Uh, we like taking um, uh, outdated apartments or, or apartments that are mismanaged and basically making improvements uh, so that we can bring uh, uh the actual rents uh, closer to market and then providing our residents with a better place to live and sort of uh, um, uh, making a positive impact in the quality of their life by providing them with a nicer home. And in return, um, we increase the property value significantly, uh, you know, regardless of what the market's doing and then providing our investors with a, uh, with a strong risk adjuster return. Nice. 
And what are the kinds of things that you uh, tend to do overall on a property to make it worth more to increase the uh, both the value as well as the rents? Sure. Um, so every property is a little different. You know, it's, it's got its own character. Um, but in general, you know, uh, you know, just things like a fresh coat of paint, uh, maybe rebranding uh, just to uh, give it a, a more of a, a contemporary feel. Um, and just adding amenities like a dog park, you know, so many people have, you know, pets and, and it's, it's, it's really nice to, you know, make it convenient for them to take their pets out. Um, where, where we, uh, focus on in the Arizona markets, you know, there's, there's a, a, a water supply issue, like in many parts of the, uh, the Southwest. Um, so we would, um, maybe, uh, sort of uh, evolved or um, sort of uh, changed the landscaping to, I think they saw, I, I think they call it dryscape where, you know, we're, we're reducing the, the the usage of water, but still making it look really nice. Um, and of, you know, and of course there's just the, the upgrades and uh, in, uh, in the interior, you know, uh, new countertops, new cabinets, new flooring, uh, and, and just giving a, a, an updated look. Yeah, I like that idea of the dryscaping. So you're not using water for a lawn. You're not doing lawn maintenance uh, so much. And uh, you know, I find often ways the way you know the easiest way to increase the value of the property is to decrease the expenses. You know, install low flow toilets and uh, LED lighting in the common areas. That sort of stuff uh, is just an easy you know you know quick thing that you can do and, and not really have an impact on the tenants themselves. That's right. Yeah. So uh, how are you finding these deals, these B and C class uh, value add? Oh wow, yeah. So um, you know, we we we're basically getting uh uh deals from being offered deals from brokers. Um, and just a little bit something about that. Um, it 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 took a while to build up those relationships. They're they're definitely um, you know, you 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 can't walk into town with money and and if the brokers don't know you, then you know you're you're not gonna get you're not going to uh, get shown these deals. Um, I think it took us almost a year and a half, just kept, you know, making offers and, and, and um, being the uh, best and final on, I, I don't, I don't even remember how many now, maybe 30 plus, and just to get beaten out by somebody else, you know, with an extra hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000 and, and just, you know, <laughs> it, 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 you know, it was definitely a really frustrating process, but now eventually, um, you know, you win a deal and you, and you get another one and another one. And so, you know, for us, you know, we're one of the top buyers in the Tucson market. And so, you know, our brokers, the relationships that we build over time, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're at the top of their list, you know, so we, we get shown deals before they go to market. Yeah. So you uh, put in the effort to build up that reputation, you know, anybody can, I think, walk in and, and get onto email lists from brokers, but uh, um, to get the pocket listings, you know, the, the deals that before they become public uh you know that's where you really have to put in the effort to to get into that point yeah that's right yeah you you just you know when when you make an offer and you you, you know have to do your due diligence early on and and make sure that you're going to execute you know and, and just building that trust with the broker you know you know how it is Matt. in this industry you know it's all about your reputation it's about uh uh you know if you, you know if, if you're gonna if you say that you're gonna do something you better do it and you know wh whether that's uh, buying the deal, closing on the deal, or, you know, uh, you know, when, when you tell your investors, you're going to do something, you know, you, you've got to come through. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of people in real estate, but it is actually a pretty small world when it comes down to it. You're right. Reputation is everything. Um, 
So earlier you mentioned about the financial crisis of uh, 2006 to 2008. Uh, what, uh, um, I guess, how did you handle your real estate during that time? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, after, after buying that nine unit apartment, um, you know, things were going well and, you know, and, and, you know, knowing what I, what I know today, like, obviously I would, I would run it very differently, but at the time I was just, uh, you know, going for hundred percent occupancy, not pushing rents, you know, don't, didn't know anything about value add, uh, you know, it, it was in the rent control part of Los Angeles, you know, so, um, you know, I, I didn't even keep up with the rents, you know, and, and, uh, making adjustments, um, you know, whenever there was a turnover where you can actually bring it to market. And then, so, uh, the, the next deal, uh, the next uh, few deals that we got into was in downtown Los Angeles. And at that time, um, there was, a uh, uh, it was going through a, a, a gentrification uh, process and, um, you know, I, I was commuting to work. You know, I, I mentioned that I worked for a large fund manager in downtown or in Los Angeles, and I was commuting from one of the suburbs. And, and you know, with the traffic, it was like an hour and a half each way. And we decided that you know maybe it was a good idea to live closer to work. And and so we started looking in the downtown area. But at the time, you know, it was still considered a little unsavory, little seedy at night. You know, people went in there to work and and um, and 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 you know scattered as soon as the 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 you know the, the sun came down, and so um, we we decided uh, uh you know realizing that um that uh, the area was regentrifying, uh, uh, we started um, uh, buying up properties and there was a lot of pre-construction condo loss and 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 just knowing that um, that. Uh, you know, this area was going to go through a major change and it was in the path of progress. We thought that, you know, it was highly speculative, but we just thought that, you know, we were in a good position. And sure enough, you know, over the next two, three years, and, you know, this is from like 2003 to 2006, you know, property values skyrocketed. Uh, we we doubled our money in, in two years. And, uh, you know, in, in factoring the equity, you know, the, the leverage and the equity was up like 4X. So we took that money and spread it around bought a few other properties. And this is going into 2006, 2007, rates started to creep up and you know what happens next, right? So, so shortly after that, uh, you know, as soon as, uh, uh, you know, people couldn't afford their mortgages, you know, it was like one brick after another started to come down. And uh, eventually, you know, 2008, you know, the, the bank started having issues and, and just everything came crashing down. Right. And so, there we were, you know, we, you know, I, we, we, we had bought this uh, really luxurious home up in the, you know, close to the Hollywood Hills. And we had several rentals uh, in the, uh, the downtown area. And, uh, and then, you know, the last straw for me was uh, in 2009, you know, going through the financial crisis, I, you know, uh, 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 over 20% of the, the, the company got laid off and, you know, me being one of them. And, uh, you know, luckily I was able to walk away with a big severance package, but, um, you know, at the time, um, we, we had a pivot, you know, um, we ended up, um, um, uh, renting out our, our, our luxury house and moved back, uh, home with my parents and then, um, uh, you know, just making sure all the other properties and, you know, the nine unit apartment building was full. And, uh, so for the most part, um, you know, it, it was definitely, uh, um, uncomfortable, um, but for the most part, uh, we were able to keep everything, you know, uh, uh, either at, you know, cash flow neutral or maybe even slightly negative. But overall, you know, we were able to get by. 
And, uh, you know, and eventually um, over time, uh, 2011, 12, you know, the, the real estate market bottomed. Now, the, the stock market bottomed in 2009, but the real estate took another two, three years. And eventually, you know, we came to the, to the other side. And so the learning experience that I got from that whole entire situation was that, um, you know, real estate um, is actually pretty resilient. Um, and, and I really, you know, uh, felt the, the idea of, and experienced the, uh, this, this concept of, of recession, you know, of real estate being recession resistant. And, and I want to caveat that by saying that, um, that that's if you manage it correctly. Right. And so, you know, we, you know, we did everything we could to make sure that, you know, we continue to make our payments. And, and again, um, I wasn't one of those guys that like bought, you know, bought stuff with no money down. We had 20, 30% equity, you know, and, and um, always with an attention to cash flow, you know, so it wasn't like, it wasn't just uh, being highly speculative. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great lesson there it, with real estate, you know, there's ups and downs in the market, but if you buy right and operate it right, you can ride those through to the other side because in the long term, real estate, it just keeps on going up. Yeah, that's right. And, and Matt, if I could just add, you know, I earlier I mentioned that, you know, I, I don't consider myself just a real estate investor, you know, even though that's my primary focus today. And the reason why is because, you know, um, uh, there, there's all types of invest. You know, if you're if you're a, if you're a professional in, uh, investor, you you ought to you know consider you know all opportunities. But the reason why I keep coming back to to real estate is because I've compared to other types of uh, investments. You know, whether it's a startup or venture capital. You know, um, you know, uh, uh, equities. You know, and and you know, I don't want to poo poo anything because everything has pros and cons. But it just seems like over time you know, real estate is really resilient, you know, they, it, it tends to be a great inflation hedge, you know, um, you, you know, especially, you know, now that you're, you know, the last two, three years, we, we've seen, you know, housing prices shoot up. And and now even with higher interest rates, it's, it's become so unaffordable. And, and, and it just, you know, more and more people are going to have to rent. And, and, you know, th th those are the, the, the demographic trends, you know, and, and, uh, and also, it's, it's also, uh, a recession resistant, you know, um, people, people need a place to live. And again, as long as you manage it properly, um, it, it, it's going to do okay. You know, you, they, you know, it, it has a cycle, you know, the great financial crisis was, was um, more of an anomaly. It, it's typically the cycles are usually not that deep. Um, but still, you know, you, you can, you can survive those things. And when you hold out to the other side, you know, um, you, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. Yep. I absolutely agree. So you're doing investor relations now with Break of Day Capital, and you mentioned you're helping people to invest in syndications and, and you're giving that education. What do people need to know before they invest passively in their first syndication? Well, yeah, um, there's a lot, actually. Um, you know, um, I would say um, if we want to just focus on evaluating a syndication deal, you know, I would say that um, probably... The, the biggest thing that that an investor needs to know is uh th they need to basically build that report with with a sponsor right you this is somebody that will manage the entire investment uh life cycle from beginning to end and you're you're very much likely going to be with this team um for several years you know this is a you know real estate is a is a long-term investment 
And um, you, you have to be able to, you know, you have to like them, trust them, know them, and, and just uh, believe in their ability that they're going to be able to execute. And so, um, uh, you know, and then, and then you also want to evaluate, you know, the real estate itself, right. And, and understanding, um, you know, the, the second probably most important thing is where you know where the where the where the situ, uh, where the real estate is located. I mean, you guys always hear about location, location, location. It, it, it's it, it's true, right? You know, you you know when 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 you're you know Matt, if you know we were talking earlier talking about how we focus on the value add strategy, where you know where we're looking to um, improve on the property and and to be able to force appreciation. Well, one of the things that's required is is you you have a, a market that's actually growing. You know, so you know, you, you want to be in a place where uh, you're seeing job growth, population growth, and hopefully that trans translates into income growth, which, which ultimately leads to rent growth, right? So if you're, if you're in a, in, in a small town with not a lot of, uh, you know, in fact, you know, people are leaving, you know, it's, it's not going to be hard, it's going to be very difficult to execute on, on these growth strategies. But, um, you know, I would say that, you know, you, you basically want to bet on the team, you know, they, they say you want to bet on the jockey, not the horse, right? Um, well, it's really both, but, but the jockey is more important. And, and Matt, if I could, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So Matt, I was just going to add, um, you know, as far as like the sponsor goes, you know, since that's probably the most important, you know, really, you just want to evaluate um, their track record you know, how many times um, they've done this kind of, this kind of investment strategy. You, you basically want somebody that has been doing this for a while and, and really focused. And basically it's just more like, they're just, they're doing like their seventh deal or eighth deal. It's just really executing the same business plan over and over and over again, because it, you know, and, and because they already know it well, and it's just yet another one. It's like literally just printing money. Right. And then, um, and then you also just kind of want to know more, you know, about their background, you know, what, what, you know, what, what kind of experience they have, you know, even if they're not in, they haven't done multifamily for a really long time. Like there are certain skill sets that are transferable, um, you know, uh, operating real estate is, is, is a very, um, intense, you know, operationally intensive. And so, you know, a, a good operations manager, um, you know, would, would, would be able to, to, you know, those skills would be, uh, be transferable to managing real estate. Um, and then just, you know, uh, you want to have a team that have dedicated roles, you know, somebody who's like, uh, in the asset management, uh, uh, role or, or acquisitions, you know, uh, and, and somebody like me, right. Who, who specializes in just, uh, uh, uh talking with, um, conversing with, uh, investors all day. Uh, and then allowing um, our principals, our GPs to focus on finding good deals instead of them being on the phone with investors all day. So we have special, you know, specialized roles uh, and, and doing this full time. And have you ever invested in a syndication and it didn't go well with the sponsor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to admit it, but, you know, when you've been investing for a long time and it's not even, you know, it's not even just syndications, right? It's, you know, it, it could happen with with other types of investments. I mean, it comes with, you know, it comes with the territory uh, when you, when you have done, done enough, done the many investments, it's just a matter of when, um, but let them, you know, be um, a good learning experience and then and try not to repeat them. But um, 
one example that I could share with you is, um, you know, this is a, a an op, a, a, a syndicator who, uh, you know, had uh, a, a great marketing presence, you know, knew, knew how to talk the talk and, you know, wrote a book on uh, investing in multifamily and, and why it's one of the best things to invest in and, you know, have 20 plus years of real estate investing experience, but none of it was in multifamily. It's just a, a bunch of different things. And um, we ended up, you know, I, I met the person and, and got comfortable with him. And we ended up investing in a into a tertiary market. You know, again, earlier I mentioned that uh, you have to be careful which market you go into um, because uh, uh, if, if it doesn't have the growth, if it doesn't have strong fundamentals, you know, it's very hard to execute on these value-add business strategy. And um, so uh, we went into this market and, um, you know, everything seemed to be going well initially, um, but uh, maybe six, nine months into it, um, we we couldn't get the rent, rent bumps that we had projected. Uh, we um, then occupancy started going down, and I think uh, uh, there was like a, a a new class A property nearby that was getting all the attention, and and so we we just couldn't raise our our rents, and and then also having issues um, keeping the building full or keeping the building occupied, and then uh, eventually. Um, there were other issues with the property. Uh, uh, we were having uh, major plumbing issues, leakages, blockages in the main line that eventually uh, 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 started affecting the, or, or we were having to uh, make repairs to the foundation. And ultimately um, the operator syndicator uh, recommended that we sell this property at a small loss, you know, instead of, you know, uh, using other means of trying to trying to trying to you know make the situation right and 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 and, and holding out longer to to try to make the corrections and and uh, uh and, you know make making the improvements and, and getting the results that we want and um so the 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 lesson learned there was um there 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 are people who are better suited uh to be a, a syndicator to be a a, a capital partner and rather than and rather than being an operator, you know, because it's it's a it's a different skill set that's required. And uh, you know, so that's that's my lesson uh, that uh, uh, there there are people that that you want to, you know, I, you want to invest with strong operators, basically. Oh yeah, I mean the operator matters more than the deal itself. I would say. Yeah. Correct. And were you able to then to turn around this property and uh, make money in the end? No, so um, so ultimately, um, we did end up selling the property at a small loss, and uh, you know, again, you know, I, you know, I, it, 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 you know, to be quite honest, you know, it, it did leave a little bit of bad taste in my mouth, and um, you know, I, 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 I feel like the, the syndicator gave up, you know, it, it was the it took the easier, easier way, uh, took the easy way out, and um, instead of uh finding a way, you know, maybe bring in, you know, even, even suggesting a capital call or, or maybe bring in a, a, an infusion of capital somewhere else, or, or, you know, obviously this person was, it was like their first syndication deal and they didn't have the liquidity to, um, to backstop this deal. Right. And whereas like, uh, uh, uh investing with a, with a, with a seasoned and uh, experienced operator, 
when when dealing with a similar situation, which which I also experienced around the same time, they were able to backstop the deal and and then make the necessary repairs and eventually you know got the rent bumps that that did come, uh, and and then and then and, you know, rather than taking the loss and and you know we were able to protect the they were able to protect investors' capital and and then even um, uh, end up with a with a with a respectable gain. Well, it sounds like even though you lost a little bit of money on this deal, you were able to walk away from with some valuable lessons uh, that you could take for the future. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely, and and that's that's just it, you know. And today, and it's like, you know, I I I only want to um, invest with experienced uh, operators and um, you know people who have done several deals and and are, are doing the same type of deals. If they're not uh, being distracted with uh, pivoting to another asset type. Um, you know, uh, you know, multifamily is a little bit challenging right now. Um, you know, and they're they're not. You know, uh, I, I don't want to be invested with operators that are pivoting to another. Uh, you know, you know, to the industrial or or retail or something else. You know, I I um I I want to stick with a uh, people who 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 are specialists in what they do and and have uh, can can um, provide evidence of of, of strong track strong operational track record and then also um you know to communicate uh what what it is that they do you know uh on on a monthly basis you know to uh showing us that they're executing on the business strategy and and how that's translating um into rent bonds and 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 expense uh uh you know increasing uh expense efficiency or uh or um, and how that's translating into net operating income in, increases, and then, and also, you know, just uh, when things are not going so well, what are they doing to 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 turn the situation around? You know, um, um, that that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like your insight of you know finding somebody to invest with who's who's really a niche down, who's a specialist in that particular kind of asset class that knows it well, has been through the ringer, and uh, can take it through to the other side when there's problems. So are you ready for a speed round? Oh, sure. What's your favorite part about passive real estate investing? Oh, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, being able to leverage uh, other people's, um, you know, expertise. You know, it, 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 you know, you can diversify into different asset classes, into different geographic regions and um, and not, you know, and, and not having to give up the time. I mean, we know what it's like to be, you know, to be landlords, you know, and, and you know, it, you know, when you get enough of those phone calls on a Saturday night trying to unstuck the toilet, it's enough is enough, right? And so being able to uh, continue to be exposed to real estate, leveraging other professionals and not giving up a time is absolutely the, you know, probably one of the, the biggest benefits. And what do you know now about passive real estate investing that you wish you knew when you first got started? Um. I mean, I will keep going back to just the, uh, you know, only exp uh, only uh, investing with experienced operators, you know, because um, when I when I look back, you know, having done fifty plus deals, I think the 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 few that we've had issue with issues with are the people who, you know, although they have real estate in investing experience, um, they didn't necessarily have uh, you know, they, they it was kind of like you know, operating multifamily, large multifamily was kind of like their the, the first gig, you know, and um, 
definitely, certainly those types of op- uh, newbie operators, you know, had more, a lot more issues. Um, you know, some of them were able to overcome them, but, you know, n- some of them did not. And so that's probably my biggest takeaway, just not, you know, not letting newbies practice with my hard-earned capital. <laughs> yeah, that's sorry always to a- say that, you know, and sorry to say that, you know, newbies, I'm, you know, just, hey, everybody's got to earn their stripes. You know, you, you know, it's better to just partner up with an experienced operator and then learning from experienced operators. And then, you know, maybe, maybe even just get involved, you know, as a capital raiser and, and just, uh, uh, you know, if, if you want to be boots, you know, if you want to get into the operational side, just uh, learn with somebody who's really experienced first. Yep, exactly. And what's a book that you can recommend to other investors? Sure. Um, so one of the recent books that I read that I thought was pretty profound is a, a book called uh, The Price of Tomorrow. And it's by the author, uh, Jeff Booth. Um, he's a, a technologist. I think he's a Canadian guy. Um, and he's uh, invested in a variety of, uh, he's a professional investor and, and has invested in a variety of venture capital. And what he talks about, um, you know, it's something um, that that is a little bit scary, but at the same time, maybe uh, something that uh, we could look forward to or how we can um, adjust our investments uh, to, to, you know, for, for this new future. And it's this idea that um, because technology is highly, highly deflationary, um, you know, uh, robots, you know, AI will eventually, you know, and man, you know, uh, from, from race, race fest, you know, the, the topic was like, you know, everybody was talking about chat GBT, right. And so the, this idea that, you know, AI and, and, and robots and whatnot will eventually take over many, many jobs. And that, um, you know, we, we could eventually see, you know, something like 30% unemployment. And meanwhile, you know, the governments around the world, you know, all the think tanks, they, they kind of see this coming. And, and so what they're doing is inflating our currency. They're devaluing our currency whenever there's any type of slowdown to kind of keep that, you know, GDP growth, that that macro growth going. And, it, and it's a little bit of an accounting trick, you know, because when you inflate, you know, you know there, there's that difference between nominal GDP and real GDP. And so when you inflate or when you, when you de- depreciate our currency, you know, you can kind of artificially inflate our nominal growth, right? And so it's this this offsetting force. And and that, you know, um, has implications on how we invest. And, and that's actually one of the reasons why I like hard assets. And that's actually one of the reasons why I really like multifamily. And uh, what? how can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you have going on and uh, as well as about Break of Day Capital? Yeah, thanks for that, Matt. Um so, you know, I, I am very passionate about investments and I, I would love to connect with you and just talk about, you know, any, anything that's, you know, investments related and in particular multifamily. Um, as mentioned uh, earlier, break of day capital, uh, we were focused in the uh, Southwest, you know, particularly the, uh, the Arizona markets. Um, we do a, a value add multifamily in the BNC space. Uh, you can reach me um, at joseph at breakofdaycapital.com. And I, I would love to converse with you um, and get, getting to know you better. Great. And then is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't covered yet? Um, no, not really, Matt. Um, just, you know, I, I, I just want to thank you for uh, allowing me to be on your podcast, you know, 
I'm I'm I, I'm gonna admit that um you know I'm not a public speaker um you know I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert um I'm, I'm you know there's a lot of stuff that I that I that I think I know and and I I would love to share that with you and and you know one of the things that we learned about being at Race Fest was just getting out of your comfort zone and uh, you know so thanks for allowing me to be on your podcast and uh, 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 you know letting me speak and 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 getting out of my comfort zone. Great. Well, it was great having you on, Joe. And uh, as always, as I always pick up some great uh, gems from you here uh, as, as we did today. So have a great rest of your day. Thanks, man. Let's stay in touch. Sounds good. Subscribe to this podcast to stay updated on new episodes. Leave a review to let us know that you enjoy the content. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate that you can explore by reading Matt Jones's book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes many top real estate books all in one. Find it on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to learn more about passive real estate investing, go to hawkwingcapital.com.